The Macro View, Episode 43. Warning, if you're triggered by the truth or get lost in a sea of logic, we just don't give a damn. This is The Macro View. You are now listening to the number one daily podcast focused on spreading the logic of liberty. So back on episode 18, we discussed how wealth is the real anomaly and how poverty is really simply just mankind's natural state. And in doing so, we discussed the level of productivity through the lens of bread, wine, and ground beef. Now, a recent article from Human Progress put it another way. They shined a light, so to speak, on the dramatic level of increased productivity and the resulting dramatic increase in standard of living that generally free markets and a generally free society one that allowed people to experiment and fail, brought about. Quoting the article, As the BBC recently pointed out, our prehistoric ancestors needed to gather and chop wood 10 hours a day for 6 days in order to produce 1,000 lumen hours of light. That is the equivalent of one modern light bulb shining for just 54 minutes. Although what you would actually get is many more hours of dim, flickering light instead. Even when better alternatives such as candles became available, it was still prohibitively expensive to light the house for the common person. Further, the first candles were produced from animal fat and not from the clean-burning paraffin wax that we use today. Those candles produced a flickering and smelly flame. It wasn't until the 18th century that spermaceti candles which were made from a waxy substance found in the head cavities of sperm whales and were much less time-consuming to produce, became more readily available. But even then, reading light remained very expensive, not to mention terminal for the whales. George Washington calculated that five hours of reading light per night cost him eight pounds yearly. That's well over $1,000 in today's dollars. The light bulb changed everything. By 1900, 60 hours of work could provide 10 days of light. The light bulb would burn 100 times as bright as a candle, steadily and without odor. By 1920, 60 hours of light, 60 hours of work could already pay for five months of stable light. And by 1990, that increased to 10 years of light. Today, 60 hours of work can buy you 52 years of of light and progress has not stopped yet led lights continue to become cheaper and cheaper the amount of labor that once bought 54 minutes of light now buys 52 years of light the cost has fallen by a factor of 500,000 and the quality of the light has transformed from unstable and risky to clean safe and controllable like a myriad of other products that we take for granted today Light has turned from something too precious to use into something everyone can afford. Now, tonight we're going to discuss some of those other products, some of the myriad of products that we take for granted and how they're something that went from being either non-existent or too precious to use into something that everyone can afford. We're going to discuss how they've dramatically changed our lives compared to those of generations past and why and how America became the country of innovation. We're also going to discuss how and why America may not be the country of innovation for much longer. That'll come right after this quick commercial break. Something tells me that a lot of my listeners like to read those thick economic treatises like Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell, 
Man Economy and State by Murray Rothbard, and Human Action by Ludwig von Mises. In total, these three books alone are well over 2,500 pages. Now, you don't want to be lugging around one of these behemoths. It's far too inconvenient. This is exactly why I love my Kindle Paperwhite. Not only is it light, convenient, and easy to use, but especially for those of us that like to go back and reread certain parts that made an impact on us or are worth the second take, it's so easy to highlight and to take notes and to keep track of where you're at. Now, if you are like me and you like to have a hard copy of your favorite volumes, there really is nothing better than the Kindle Paperwhite. You can do all of your highlighting and note-taking digitally, and you can keep your hard copies in pristine condition to one day hand down as a legacy. Best of all, it's extremely easy on the eyes. If you spend all your day in front of a computer and you're sick of the headache that you get from reading PDFs on your monitor, there really is nothing better than the Kindle Paperwhite. Now, if you're an avid reader, go to T as in the, M as in macro, V as in view, podcast.com. That's tmvpodcast.com. And on the homepage right next to tonight's show page, you'll find a direct link to purchase your very own Kindle Paperwhite. You won't regret it. I use mine every single day, and you're sure to love it as well. Also, it's guaranteed to make you a better student of liberty. So head over to tmvpodcast.com, click on the link there on the right-hand side, and get yourself a Kindle Paperwhite. All right, everybody, we're back. So another product that, you know, or service or good, one might say, that has gone from being prohibitively expensive and in a lot of ways, you know, many of the modern technologies that we use non-existent to being affordable for everyone. That's communication. You know, communication is extremely important, but if you think about just going back a little more than 100 years ago, just a little more than 100 years ago, telephones didn't even exist. Now, telegrams were beginning to come come into existence, and telegrams still you had to transmit a Morse code signal from one, one area to another. And then somebody would actually translate the Morse code into English language. And then they'd take it and read it to the person who it was intended for. But before that, before telegrams, you had to write a letter and you had to send the letter. There, there weren't, you know, before telegrams and before automobiles, which we'll get to in a little bit, letters were delivered on horseback. So it could be days or weeks, depending on how far you're sending a letter. If you're sending it overseas, I mean, it could be months. Again, something we'll talk about in a little bit when we get to, to steamships. But it could be an extremely long time just to get one letter from, from one end of, uh, you know, from, say, New York down to, to Virginia. It could take a really long time. Now, say you needed a rendezvous with somebody. I mean, you basically had to set a location and just hope the other person was there. If they weren't there, you pretty much just assumed either they died or, you know, they, they, you know, who knows what happened to these people. And you just, I guess, went back and you waited for, to, to hear communication from them. Maybe you never did. Maybe you never heard from this person ever again. So, you know, think about what we have today. I mean, we had the telephone, then, you know, you had cellular phones, you have the internet come about, you had email, you could send you know, you could send letters to people immediately. You had instant messaging. Then you had 
you know, text messaging and cell phones. And eventually now you have smartphones where you basically have a full computer at the, at the, at your fingertips. It's absolutely incredible. Another product that we just often take for granted, uh, or at least another service or good is transportation. You know, today you have automobiles, you have cargo trucks that ship stuff all over the country and you have, you have really large, uh, ships that can, you know, cargo ships that can go across the ocean fairly quickly. And you also have airplanes, right? Now these are all transportation devices, but think about the original versions. I mean, way back in the day before automobiles, you had horseback or you could walk. And maybe if you were in certain parts of the world, you had a camel, but this was an extremely inefficient way of traveling. And it's not as though everybody, I mean, you know, we like to, to romanticize the use of horseback, but horses weren't cheap. Everybody didn't have a horse, you know, ho- being a horse thief was actually a, a booming business in the wild West back in the day. And the reason why it was so profitable for somebody to take the risk to be a horse thief is because horses were expensive. Not everybody could afford a horse. Wealthy people may have had multiple horses and horse breeders obviously had a bunch of horses, but not everybody had a horse. So, you know, it was extremely difficult. I mean, way more people today, as far as a percentage of the population and as far as the level of income or the income bracket that they might fall into, way more people have automobiles today than the number of people that had horses back then. It's way cheaper in real terms to buy a car today, not to mention that it's that you can finance in not saying that you couldn't finance a horse back in the day, but it was probably a lot more difficult than it is to get an auto loan today, but it's just way cheaper. It's way more efficient to be able to buy a car today than it was for somebody to even get a horse back then. Think about airplanes, you know, airplanes, the original airplane was like, first of all, there weren't airplanes. You couldn't fly. I mean, flying was something that was considered, you know, people spoke mystically about people one day being able to fly. Uh, it was it was sort of imaginary. And the Wright brothers brought it into existence. But the original airplanes were, were horrible. I mean, nobody, barely anybody would fly in one of those. And, and even as recent as 50 or 60 years ago, I mean, going back to World War II, you're using propeller planes to fight in the war. And these things were, were nowhere near as reliable as at least modern propeller planes or as uh, as jets are, as, as our fighter jets are, and as our cargo and passenger jets are. Um, you know, so I, the, the level of te- technological advancement in regards to tra- transportation has been absolutely incredible. And think about steamships and the, before airplanes, if you wanted to get, and before airplanes that could cross the Atlantic, let alone the Pacific, if you wanted to send a, a message or if you wanted to travel across the ocean, I mean, good luck. It was months long and it was fairly expensive. Now, Vanderbilt made the steamship travel a lot less expensive as you're crammed in. They called it they called it sardine class because you're crammed together like sardines. I mean, it was nowhere near as, uh, you know, we think we have it bad with the amount of leg room that we get on modern passenger jets. Try stuffing yourself into sardine class of a Vanderbilt uh, steamship. Another 
technology that we often just take for granted. We have no idea how much this has reduced the cost of living, increased the standard of living and the quality of life is refrigeration and freezing technology. I mean, back in the day, if you wanted to preserve something, you basically had to use salt and you had to dehydrate it, made stuff taste pretty crappy. And even then, it didn't last nearly as long as things last when you freeze them. Now, if you did want to freeze something, you pretty much had to be really wealthy. You had to get an, you had to order a blocks of ice at a time. You had to have a cooler that could fit the ice blocks. And you put stuff on top of the ice block. And then when the ice block melted, you had to buy another one. The, the efficiency of freezing technology and refrigeration technology has dramatically changed, dramatically changed the standard of living. And it's made the cost of, of purchasing one of the most basic necessities in life, food, way less expensive. Now, also think about construction technologies. Think about things like cranes and, and you know, even going back to, to the creation of steel and steel beams, or at least the industrial creation of steel before you had steel, but it was mostly used for things like fine china and stainless steel silverware, and it was extremely expensive, and Carnegie changed all of that. Industrialized steel, you started being able to build high-rises, and, you, you know, you have all these power equipment, you know, all this incredible construction equipment nowadays that didn't exist back then, people had to build all the things they, they had by hand. I mean, it was way less efficient, way more expensive. It took way longer. God forbid there was a bad storm in the middle of you building a log cabin, knocked all your logs down, and you had to start from scratch. So there's so many products, so many products that, and, and services and goods that we just simply take for granted nowadays. That if it weren't for the incredible, incredible innovation of people in a free economy and a free society, we just wouldn't have. We just wouldn't have. We'd still be living in, in the dark ages, so to speak. And who knows what we would be doing for jobs either. You know, I definitely wouldn't be sitting here communicating with the thousands of listeners that I have on this podcast. I mean, it would be, it'd be impossible now you had broadcast and you had you had uh, radio technology, you know, going back, um, not you know going back about a hundred years, you know, going back to about the twenties, but even then, I mean, the quality was way less. And good luck gaining access to the airways. And if you did gain access to the airways, and it, it was you know you had to find a dial, and it was a much different world. And today, I can just record this podcast. I can put it out. Anybody can listen to it. And hopefully it's entertaining for everybody that's listening to it. Now, when we get back, we're going to discuss how and why America was for so long the, the country of innovation, and in a lot of ways still is. And we're also going to discuss, discuss what, why it is that America may not be the country of innovation for much longer. But before we do that, we got to get to one more quick commercial break, and we'll be right back after that. So I do realize that not everyone has the time to read every book that they want to, and that's fine. But I bet those same people that don't have a lot of time to read spend a lot of time in their car commuting back and forth from work or from school. There's another phenomenal Amazon product for those of you that are thinking, yep, that's me right about now. It's Audible. Now, I'm sure some of you already know about Audible. It's the audiobook app that turns reading into listening. It's great. And while I'm an avid reader, there are far too many days on my drive from downtown Los Angeles to Santa Monica and back where I'm all caught up in my favorite podcasts 
And AM radio is just far too frustrating when you can't call in and read the host, the riot act, for being a horrible neocon or regressive leftist. That's what Audible is for. For a limited time, if you download the app on your desktop or mobile phone from our website, tmvpodcast.com, Amazon is offering new Audible users two free audiobooks. Now, personally, I suggest you make good use of those two free books. Get yourself one of those backbreakers that you've been meaning to read but just haven't had the time or the will to open it up. Go to tmvpodcast.com and right there on the right-hand side, you'll find a link to this exclusive offer. Don't miss out, folks. Head over to tmvpodcast.com, click on the Audible banner, and get your two free audiobooks today. All right, everybody, we're back. So what was it that made America the country of innovation, the country of the light bulb, the country of industrial steel, um, and, and though the inventor of the automobile was, was actually German, what made America the country of commercialized automobile travel, even for the masses, ultimately it was freedom. It was the ability for people to try and to fail or try and succeed with different business models, to try and invent new things without having to get permission from the government, without having to go through a ton of bureaucratic red tape. Now, today, there is a ton of bureaucratic red tape. We're nowhere near as free of an economy as we used to be. Having said that, from post-World War II up until about the late 80s and early 90s, and even in through the 90s, America was largely the only game in town. Most of the rest of the world post-World War II had isolated itself into sort of an autarkic, socialist, nationalized industry type society and America still had a generally free market relative to the rest of the world. We were, you know, we were the, the, the tallest midget, so to speak. And that, that was extremely valuable to people who had money stored overseas, to people that wanted to escape the, uh, the dystopian nightmares of nationalized industry overseas. And America benefited greatly from people coming here to experience and to try and to innovate and to try to become wealthy in the free market that we had that was relatively free compared to the rest of the world. Now, we've done a number of episodes, and yes, it's true. America had a fairly high top tax bracket. That top tax bracket really didn't um, apply to very many people, though. Most people had much lower taxes than they have today. America had a much lower Social Security tax rate. It was much easier for people to save money. We had a much freer financial market. We had a, a much easier path to creating a, a business. And on top of that, regulations prior to uh, electronic financial records and electronic business records, regulations were much more difficult to enforce. Now, in the 90s and throughout the, the first decade of, of uh, the new millennium, the world opened up. I mean, there's a major capitalist revolution that took place. I mean, it was kind of quiet. wasn't nearly as as loud or as violent as the communist revolutions were. It was very quiet, but the rest of the world began to open up. They opened up to free trade. They opened up to foreign capital. They opened up to entrepreneurship and and the profit motive, profit and loss motive. And we're not the only game in town anymore. In fact, we're so far removed from being the only game in town. 
we've gone from being in the top five in terms of economic freedom amongst all the countries in the world to now being number 17 in the most recent in the most recent heritage economic freedom index now we better keep an eye on the rear view mirror right and we got to look ahead as well we got to try to re- regain our top five position as far as economic freedom is concerned now america is one of only five countries in the top 30 that decreased their degree of economic freedom over the last year and for the greater part of the past 20 years the u.s has been on a fairly steady decline now we peaked in 2006 so there's a small incline there under the bush administration but then a combination of significantly increasing regulations under both bush and obama significantly increasing government spending and the government's involvement in the economy a deterioration of property rights and of bankruptcy law after the 2008 crisis, as well as a significantly increasing tax burden on the American people and a dramatically reduced level of financial freedom in terms of financial markets. All those things have really taken its toll on the U.S. We're now number 17. Now, when Obama took office, we were still in the we were still in the top seven midway through his, by the end of his first term, we were still in the top nine. And a couple years ago, we dropped out of the, or I guess we were still in the top 10. We were number nine. And a couple years ago, we dropped out of the top 10 and it's been a steady decline since we're now number 17. And at the same time that we have been reducing our economic freedom, all but five countries out of the top 30 in the current, in the 2017 Heritage uh, Index of Economic Freedom, 25 of the top 30 countries have increased their degree of economic freedom. And if you were to go down to the top 50, mo- but the vast majority of these countries are increasing their economic freedom. While the rest of the world is on a path towards more and more economic freedom, the U.S., has seen its degree of economic freedom decline and decline significantly at the same time that other countries are taking over what used to be our position as the most free and prosperous country on earth. U.S. prosperity has also been declining. That was, that was well witnessed throughout the last presidential term and towards the end of Bush's term. And it's one of the reasons why Trump was able to generate the kind of of uh, movement that he really did by tapping into some of the populist uh, some of the populist feelings that people had about why it is that they're not nearly as prosperous as they they once were now the fact of the matter is that it's not necessarily the things that trump was pitching what it really is is it's the declining level of economic freedom the dramatically increased level of regulation and the cronyism that is in almost every aspect of our economy now. I mean, it takes permission to get almost everything, to get almost anything done, to start a business in almost any branch. There's all sorts of red tape that you have to overcome, let alone gaining access to capital, which is extremely difficult with all the distortions that are taking place on behalf of both federal, state, and local governments. Now, while while I say this somewhat facetiously, it's actually probably true I mean, just imagine 
if Thomas Edison or Nikolai Tesla were trying to invent electricity or the light bulb today, or if the Wright brothers were trying to take flight for the first time under today's regulatory regime, they'd probably find themselves locked up in a federal prison for violating all sorts of regulations and ordinances and laws. We're nowhere near as free of an economy as we once were. And we definitely need to have bold steps taken to move us back towards economic freedom. Steps that must be taken, must be taken if we would like to reclaim our status as the most free and prosperous country on earth. With that said, that's going to be the end of today's episode. I hope everybody's enjoyed. Before I let you go, I want to remind you, do not forget to listen to this if you're not already listening to this uh, tonight from tonight's show page, which can be found at macroviewnews.com slash podcast slash 43. You can also find it by, by going to TMV as in the macro view, TMV podcast, all one word dot com. And it'll be the first post available on that homepage. Now, while you're there, don't forget to sign up for our email list. That way you can be notified when new episodes are released. And while you're there, don't forget to go down to the bottom of the page and you'll find links to our Twitter and to our Facebook pages. That way you can follow us on social media. You can see when when new episodes are released. Now, we recently got our YouTube, uh, YouTube channel up and running. And we've got all of the past episodes. This episode will be uploaded on there as well. And it's been doing really well. It's actually the, the most viewed source uh, for, for our podcasts now. So I really appreciate everybody that's checking us out on YouTube. If you haven't had a chance to go over on, to YouTube, check it out there. You can leave comments. You can say, you know, Andrew, you're an idiot. Or you can say, you know, I really like that podcast. Whatever it is you want to do, I don't really care. But, you know, I'd love for people to go and, and, and start to create a little bit of a community on our YouTube channel. Now, there's going to be some really great things to come here on the Macro View. We're going to have some giveaways coming up. So don't forget to tune in so you can learn all about those giveaways. We, I, I'm also starting another podcast. First episode will be going live in the next couple of days here. It's called Burning Straw Men. And it's with my buddy Dale Moody. Um, Dale is is well known amongst the uh, amongst the libertarian and anarcho capitalist Facebook groups, and he's really sharp guy. He has some really strong arguments for uh, for freedom and for liberty, and he's going to help me to spread the logic of liberty on this second podcast that we're going to be doing called Burning Strawman, and that'll be once a week. Um, if it's if it, if it gains popularity, maybe we'll move to doing it more often. But for now, that's going to be a once a week. Uh, podcast. Now, also, last but not least, and definitely not least, probably most importantly, what I need everybody to do is at least go and share this with one Facebook group or tweet it out or send an email to your friends and family and help me to, you know, help spread the macro view, help get other people involved so that you can help me to spread the logic of liberty. Now, don't forget to tune back in tomorrow night. we got another episode coming out tomorrow night, every weeknight. Somewhere in between 8.30 and 9 o'clock is when they typically go live. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on our show page. Pretty soon, we're going to have an app, uh, uh, an app for the macro view that's going to be able to be downloaded, and you'll be able 
You'll get notifications right to your phone and you'll be able to listen to it from anywhere right on your mobile phone. But for now, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, we're on uh, Google Play Music, we're on YouTube. Um, I'm trying to get trying to get us up on, on Facebook, but there's a little bit of issues with Facebook because Facebook doesn't really like it if you do advertising and if you're trying to make money off of your podcast. So I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do the, the Facebook videos, but there's about 20 episodes of Facebook videos before we started doing any, uh, any uh, resource sharing and uh, advertising on the podcast. So there are a number of episodes on there, but don't forget to tune back in tomorrow night. Help me to spread the logic of liberty. And most importantly, everybody, just take care. Hope you enjoyed your President's Day. Hope a lot of people got some nice uh, R&R in. And if you had to work, hopefully you'll be able to take some time out of your day. Just relax, sit back, listen to the macro view. Don't forget, once again, tune in tomorrow and every weeknight for new episodes of the macro view. We're going to have some great episodes coming up. We're going to have some great new things coming out that, that have to do with the macro view. So stay tuned for those and take care.